Hello everybody and welcome back to University and Beyond. Got Joel here with me. Hey guys, what's up? Wow, that was, that was pretty good. Okay. Um, so today we're going to talk about building your resume. It's, it's coming to be, you know, September, late September. Job fairs are coming up. Internships are, are starting to be given out by companies. And I think the important step to, first step, important first step for finding an internship or really finding a job even too is, is building your resume. Um, and understanding what components are important and what components are not important in a resume for for a professional job or internship. Um, so I guess to start it off, I think a, a good thing would be to say what a resume does, right? I guess like yeah. when you understand in a, in, a, in a big scheme picture what the resume does, it'll help you when you actually go to like build it or whatever you're going to do to it. And No, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> it's basically like everyone has a resume, right? So when someone's reading yours, you want to highlight your successes, where you're at, like when your career and school, and like kind of like where you're heading towards. It's a time for you to kind of brag about your successes and, and really show it off too. Yeah, and I think you'd be surprised, like even on like a, you know, quote unquote generic resume formatting, um, some of the things that you could include on there are really gonna like grab people's attention. You know, whether you studied abroad, whether you, you know, work, worked in a different country, like whatever it might be that's like kind of unique or like you participated in like, I don't know, like a parade or like, you know, some national organization, anything that's like puts you apart. You're like a, you took third place in like a dart tournament, you know, like you're an avid whatever, like it just yeah. kind of sets you apart and people are like, oh, wow, this guy is into darts. Like they're going to have something to remember you by. Something to remember you by. And, and a lot of it also depends on your industry and what you put in and what you don't put in. Um, I know more in like the engineering world, you want to stay away from certain, I guess, a, like a certain style of resume. You know, sometimes a lot of some of the bigger firms, they don't want to see, you know, a, a creative resume where it's different colors. Exactly. Like they want to see black and white, all the words I, yeah. any, as much as you can fit. And then there's some companies in, you know, say like a marketing world where they want to see more of a creative design and it catches their attention and it shows different Couple headers exactly you want to kind of be creative with it um so leading leading with that i guess how do you start your resume i mean where's where's a good way to start i think is is really the most important thing for for a resume is understanding where do you start and and kind of the end goal and kind of have that vision before you just dive into typing away on your computer or you know yeah. having it written out i think you briefly talked about it uh i think it really depends on your industry and or what you're applying for uh kind of like you the example you gave you know if, if your industry is engineering and you're the one who puts a bunch of colors on their resume odds are like and that's not what they're looking for in that industry you know like odds are they're just gonna be like okay this guy doesn't get the picture and they're like gloss it over and like toss it to the side. But then on the other hand, it could be like, oh, this guy, like, I remember this guy's resume. Like, yeah, it, you could stand out. It, it just, it really, it's, it's a fine line to walk. Yeah, it depends on what you're going for. I think, I think looking at other resumes in that field, in that industry, would be a good example of like, mm -hmm. okay, I have the idea, right? Kind of like you're saying. I noticed that like all these are black and white. I noticed these have like different headers, they're colored. I'm supposed to include a picture on some of them. You know, it's just like depending on what you're applying for. Um, so that'll give you a good base, and then from there, you can start to research a little bit deeper and say, like, what a good resume should look like in terms of, like, the specifics, like the spacing, the size of the font, the style of the font, the margins, how do you, you know, things like that, like small things that'll, like, 
really start to like kind of set up the structure without even you touching the paper yet. Yeah, I think a lot of the things I did to build what my resume would look like once I had all the information was not only, you know, research templates online and saw kind of what the industry quote unquote standard is. I looked at some some students that I knew that were older than me or some, you know, some um, peers that were older than me that had the same industry, same jobs they were looking for and took their resume and used it as a reference, you know, read through theirs and saw, oh, they touched these certain points of things they've done and gave me ideas of what I can put in and what I shouldn't put in um, and, and what it should look like collectively on one page. Yeah. So have you heard the like resumes, how long they should be? Have you heard that it, it cut yeah. it off at one page, but also have you heard it can Over. be two pages? Yeah, so like the formatting for, uh, I guess people like even us are lower or even like a little bit higher than us. Like um, if you're in college, 100% one page. If you're post-college, like recently post-college, I'd say one page. And then if you're like mid post-college, like 27, 28 and, and up and you've done, you know, significant things that you could put on your resume, then that's when I've seen it go. I haven't seen it, but I've actually have. I saw it go like two pages. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's more of like a developed professional, someone who has like a longer career. Like I said, more things to highlight. That's when you would go over a page. Like someone like us, we're kind of putting the basics of like education, work experience, and then it could be like volunteering or like you know, leadership. Yeah, or things like like something. something that demonstrate your skills. That's one page. But you know, once you can say like, hey, I worked at this company for five years. I started this company, I became a CFO, or like, um, I became a manager at the age of like 25. Like, once you have stuff that you can really, like, harp on, I guess, that wouldn't be excessive, that's when I think you yeah, have two pages. Yeah, especially industry standard, you know, or industry specific. Like, if you're, you're moving up the ladder in engineering, you know, specifically mechanical in the material handling world, you're moving up that ladder in your company, and you're moving to, it's like a lateral move, but to a different company you want to show that you hit all of those different aspects in your previous company and what you can bring over. So the more information you're able to provide about, you know, that specific position that you did that really relates to your job at a, a different or the position at a different company can really set you apart, you know, saying that you know what you're doing and you've done it and it won't be difficult to bring those skills over to the new company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually never knew. I, I always, obviously, just I've only done resumes from college, you know, post-college. So I, I didn't know that you do two resumes post-college or post so many years in the industry and whatnot. I didn't know yeah. when the exact cutoff or if there was one. Yeah. So that's interesting. I learned something today. <laughs> um, so so once you kind of figure out your template, I think the next best step is is to look at yourself and understand what skills and what experiences you've had and almost like and on a scratch piece of paper you know a notepad just write down like I did this 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 and this and then write like little bullet points almost like an outline of things that you can talk about um, and and look at that stuff and really think about is this what highlights the the most important or highlights the best skill I took out of this specific opportunity specific internship specific position whatever it would be um, I think it's it's important to highlight not only things that you did, but all things that you excelled at in those positions. Yeah. I think kind of like you're saying, when you make a, like a T-chart or like a, just a sketch of, you know, everything that you've done and what skills you're looking at and, you know, problem solving skills, whatever it might be, you could see some similarities. 
So then that'll kind of help like you understand which ones to include. Like you don't want to include, you know, two to three different jobs that all say you're good at customer service. You know, you, you kind of look at that and you're like, oh, these three, you know, all have customer service. Maybe this one dealt with, you know, business clients and like normal, I don't say normal clients, but like business and uh, what do you call it? E-commerce. I mean, there's tons of different. Like regular people? Yeah, I guess <laughs> normal. Like, yeah, that's tough. Business and. And retail or. Yeah, retail. Yeah. Well, anyways, the whole point is if you have like a, you know, if one really shows that you can do customer service in like a variety of different ways, maybe keep that one as like your customer service point and then have some other points that you want to touch on with the other jobs, like the other experiences. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, if you have experiences, so many experiences that you can barely fit them on two pages, you know, you have to somehow narrow that down depending on where you are in your career. But you have to narrow it down somehow so that way your potential employer, the interviewer is reading through your resume and they're not sitting there reading, oh, I already read this. I read the same thing. I read. This. You want to be able to stand out and you want somebody to really understand, you know, hey, like, this kid's done X, Y, and Z, and they're all different. You know, they're not the same genre of opportunity or, or experience. You know, he's he's well-rounded, and I think well-roundedness is is a really good um, attribute or skill to have, mm. um, or I guess being well-rounded and, and multiple skills um, can make you a strong candidate in whatever field you're going into. Yeah, and I think part of that is, you know, when you're making that discussion, deciding, like, how to build that like well-rounded perspective um the sketch will help you understand that you not only did one task at one job you know like uh, i don't want to keep using customer service but like let's say uh uh in accounting right like you reconciled or like you checked in balances certain numbers right that tells somebody that you're like analytical and you can kind of dive deeper into details but at the same time like you could be teaching other people how to do it you know like that's that not only shows that you're analytical, but also shows like leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you start putting it on paper, you kind of see for yourself like, oh, I, I actually learned how to do this. Like I can teach someone how to do it. I have developed like more skills than what I had initially thought like at this job or at this position, whatever it might be. Um, so those are also things to, I don't know, just keep in mind. Like you're developing a lot more skills than you think. So as you're sketching it out, you can kind of pick the ones that show that you're well-rounded like Nate was saying yeah and and this list doesn't have to be you know I'm sitting right in my resume I'm gonna write this list now and you know I can't add to it can't take away from it as you're growing as a college student as as really just a, a human being in your industry you should be adding to this list every every opportunity you get you know I just finished an internship okay let's write what this internship was what I did and it it's not only fresh in your mind when you're writing it right off the bat but it also will save you time in the long run when you're sitting down writing your resume because you'll have, you know, it's like an ongoing list that you're adding to rather than creating from scratch every time. Um, and that way also if, if you have this list and you keep adding to it and you don't get rid of it, you know, after you're done writing your resume, you're able to re- reference it right before your interview. So when you go into your interview, you have that list of every skill that you have. And when your employer is like, oh, tell me about X, Y, and Z internship and some of the things that you learned, you can reference, you know, every single point because you're able to quote unquote study that mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you remember it all because you have it written down and, and you don't have to go back and be like, um, and, you know, sit and kind of ponder during your your interview. Yeah. And not that I don't want to get too far off topic with the interviews, but like, as you keep in mind, like everything that you've done, 
you can recall stuff faster off of your resume, like in the interview. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of helped. Like I've done that before, and like uh, I used to work at Chipotle, and it like blew up the conversation. They're like, I, it happened to me twice actually. I love Chipotle, <laughs> but can you tell me why this happens when I go in the line? Like it just like changed the dynamic of the conversation, and it wasn't on the resume. So. And those are the conversations that you you have with interviewers that they remember. And when they're looking for somebody in the future, they're like, oh, Chipotle guy. Like, yeah. I want that. He, like, he's so good to talk to. Like, he's, he's personable. Like, I really see him fitting well in the company or, or something like that. And, and kind of going off of the point you mentioned earlier about how if you have multiple skills for multiple jobs, or I'm sorry, the same skills for multiple jobs, instead of putting all of those jobs with the same skills, you can put like one of them and then you remember those two, three other ones. And they're like, oh, what about this specific skill you did with this? Like, can you explain more? And then you could say what you did for that specific company and then everything else you did or every other company you did for that same skill. Yeah. So you can talk about it without it being on your resume and then that'll, you know, it just boosts your score that much more. Yeah. I think, uh, so you look at your industry, mm -hmm. you kind of make the list that your personal list of things that you've done, jobs that you've held, positions that kind of built you into who you are and then what are like the next steps as far as like actually putting it together actually putting it together I, I I think you know you take a template you know something you see online or something that you get from a friend and you kind of reference that I think that was the biggest thing that helped me um, but it comes down to what is the most important pieces of information that you have on you know that outline what are the the top pieces of experiences or top skills that you've gained you know rank it one to a hundred whatever it would be and and you know you always want to start with your most impressive stuff first mm -hmm. um, and most recent mm -hmm. right you you want to have your resume from current most current to least current yeah you like you don't want to have a job that you had back in high school be the first thing if you know if you had an internship after your freshman year yeah I think uh the other thing would be kind of like you're saying like you have it from most recent to outdated i guess or yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah um but then also you want to have the categories right yes um so in a typical college resume uh the categories definitely be education right they want to know you know what your major is if you have any minors your gpa um any like uh academic awards that you've received when you'll or, graduate yeah your expected like graduation that. date that's big um, and then after, you know, depending on how you place it in the resume, uh, in addition to your education, they want to see your work experience. And then that's kind of like Nate was saying, like a good from recent to post or recent to like the previous experience that you had. Um, and then I think a third or fourth big category, um, would be like volunteering and or like big leadership skills. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the fourth that I've seen is varied. Either people don't have a fourth, um, either they just have like, you know, unique skills listed at the bottom, whether it's, you know, bilingual, um, whether they know how to code, uh, whether they've used certain programs. That's a big one in engineering. It's like you do education, like you said, work experience, leadership, volunteer, acknowledgements, whatever you want to call it. And then you put your skills, you know, the programs you've worked in, what your proficient languages are in terms of C++ and all that kind of Certificates, you know, using software, using certain programs, like that's another big thing to put. Yeah. And I think, I think that order is, 
is pretty standard and I, I, I don't think varying from that is, I would really recommend that at all just because when interviewers or you know people that are going to be looking at your resumes are, are looking at it, you're, they're going to be like, I don't want to see what skill, like, when is he graduating? Like, and they're going to be searching all over. If it's not on the top, they're going to be like, forget it. Like, yeah. you, you have to make it as easy and as easy to read and, and as easy to find things as you can because when an interviewer is looking at resumes or when they're looking for employers, they're going to be employees. Or employees yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it did sound right. Uh-huh. Um, when they're looking for employees, they're not going to be, you know, searching and, and, you know, taking all the time they have to look over these resumes. Mm-hmm. They're going to be flying through it and be like, okay, let's sort these out and figure out who has these skills, who has yeah. this GPA, who has this experience and, yeah. and kind of rank them like that. A tip that I've heard, uh, if you have a 3.0 or lower, like don't put your GPA. I've heard that as well. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't want to just, you know, regardless of whether it's because you're working a lot or you're involved in a lot of programs, like you can explain that in the interview. Um, but they, they're like a 3.0 wouldn't really impress an employer. I think, uh, the rule that I was told was 3.5 or higher. Um, cause 3.4 is like, Oh, you have a 3.4. Like, you know, that's good. And then once you pass 3.4, I think the connotation kind of changes more like, Oh wow. 3.5, 3.6, 3.8. You know, like that's kind of like, uh, the vibes, I guess. And also, I think it depends on your industry too, mm-hmm. because like, for instance, a, a three, five, that's like a three, eight in most industries in engineering. Yeah. Like if you have like a three, Oh, is like, is like, okay. Like he, he, okay. Like I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then like three, three, two, it's like, Oh, okay. And then three, five, it's like, Oh, okay. like, and obviously you get your four O's that are like, okay, yeah. go away. Like yeah. you're too smart for me. Yeah. But definitely depends on your industry. And also I think the company that you're applying to. Yeah. Because for bigger companies, like for instance, sticking with engineering, your John Deere Caterpillar, first thing, you know, they'll scan your resume and the first thing that it, it sorts it by is GPA. If you don't have an X number GPA, like a three, four, three, five, you're at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Just because they're such a big company and, and you know, they can do that. They have so many applicants. Mm-hmm. Whereas smaller companies, they might not sort immediately by GPA, you know, they might consider it. But if it's not there, they might not notice it as easy. Whereas, like, a big company might just get sent, you know, into the delete fo- folder. Yeah. And just right well, away. I think the other thing with that is, uh, depending on the company you're applying for, when they do, you'll see on the job description that they'll have a g- minimum GPA. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you're pointing out, like, hey, I have the minimum. Yes. I think that's another thing. Like, if their minimum is 3 3, you are, and, or even 3 0, like, whatever it is, like, you just want to maybe put it up there and just say, like, hey, you know, I meet this requirement. Like, keep looking at my resume because they're gonna like you were saying they're gonna start looking like okay is this guy where we want him to be first of all is he graduated if it's like a post-graduation you know applicant no he hasn't graduated like he doesn't qualify mm-hmm. or hey this is an internship this guy's graduating in may the internships for the summer like let's see if we can get somebody else like i think that's like one of the big things like where you're at in your education and then once they figure out you know whether you you qualify qualify as far as like being there then it's like the gpa okay like does he meet our GPA minimum requirement? Like, no, okay, keep passing. Um, and then they keep scanning down your resume and then they get to your work experience and that's when they kind of dive a little deeper as far as like your skills, what you've done, like what you can bring to the table. Yeah, and I, I guess what what would you consider something that's useful for, I don't know if we can even answer this without you know a specific example, but like what would you find to be a useful skill versus a non-useful skill? Uh, I think useful and non-useful or like something you would put on something versus you wouldn't i was gonna say a good example would be like proficiency in microsoft office 
Um, that was a almost outdated like when I was applying for stuff mm-hmm. because at that point like PowerPoint, Excel, and Word aren't a skill anymore. I think back in the day, you know, they used to be when they yeah, first, like came, when out. first came out. Even like 2006, maybe 2003, like it was like, whoa, you can you built a PowerPoint, you can mm-hmm. make an Excel sheet with a pivot table, like that's like big stuff. Um, but now I think it's kind of assumed like we at least want you to be proficient. Like you should at least know how to make a PowerPoint. Yeah. You should at least know how to use an Excel document. Um, so that's one that I would probably leave off um, that people know how to do like most commonly. One that I would put on is if you've used like other Microsoft Office apps, um, kind of like what we said before. If you, if, uh, you know, you're in the coding field or anything related, that coding would be like, oh wow, this guy can code. Mm-hmm. I would do that. Um, I know for accounting specific, like certain programs, kind of like QuickBooks, it's like how to run your own, uh, you know, like finances. Yeah, uh, financial statements, like uh, profit and loss, a balance sheet. It's like kind of like one of the key softwares in accounting that like most people use. Um, that would be like a good thing to say like, hey, I'm QuickBooks certified. Like, you know, I've gone to the courses. I know how to use it. Like that would be pretty impressive. Yeah, like like an engineering term, it would be, you know, I can use AutoCAD. I can use um, Inventor. You know, I can yeah. use all these design softwares or, yeah. you know, I can, I can um, write in C++. You know, I'm proficient in that language or, you know, I've used MATLAB, a, a coding simu- uh, simulation software, things, things like that. Yeah, so. if it's basic, I'd say kind of like leave it off, like if it's a Microsoft Office. Uh, if it's something that you're not proficient in, I'd also say leave it off. Um, yes, if, if, you, if you don't have the skill, don't lie. Yeah, if you, like don't say you're bilingual. If you You've taken can kind of, <laughs> yeah, you know, you say hoy and manana, like, uh, tortilla, tortilla, yeah, chipotle, like, <laughs> um, no, like, if you're going to say, you know, like, you are bilingual, and, you know, maybe you're not the best, but you, you are bilingual, just kind of note, you know, like, the level, whether you can uh, read and write it, but you can't speak it, or maybe you could speak it and read it, but you can't write it, like, you can... That's the whole point of making your resume unique. You can specifically tell them exactly what you're trying to say. So then they'll see that and be like, oh, like they're bilingual, but they're kind of missing a little bit. Like that's totally fine with us, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I think also with your resume, you have to be able to talk about it. If you can't talk about said skill or said experience, there's no point on putting it there because your, your interviewer is gonna ask you, you know, almost line by line if they have time, what, what did you do in this internship? What did you do in this uh, co-op? What did you do? Like, how did you gain this skill? Like, tell me about this, that. And if you can't talk about it, they're gonna be like, "So did he actually do it? Did she actually go to have this internship? Like, what, what's going on? Did she actually learn anything?" Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's gonna be a big red red flag in the negative pile because you, if you can't talk about something that you did, you can't brag about yourself, um, specifically about what you wrote down. You're kind of like. What, what, why even put it down? Yeah. Um, and I think to that also, you have to be able to customize to your the specific employer or company that you're giving that resume to. You know, say you have that list of skills, some, the one column is all customer service, another one's technical, you know, analytics skills, um, another one's the design. You know, if you're going for a company that uses customer service and design, you don't want to necessarily put your analytic technical skills on there as much as your customer service and your design you want to balance it so that way it it shows your skills in the specific industry that um, fits the company that you're applying to 
Yeah. I think uh, how you go about uh, describing those skills is also important. We kind of talked about, you know, towards the bottom, you know, some key skills that you might want to leave on or leave off. Um, but also when you're a little bit higher in like the job description area or the work experience, um, if all you can say about it is the skill, like for example, um, time management, right? I was able to manage my time effectively by, you know, like working and like working this position, but also uh, analyzing this, right? That's something that you could say in person. It's not really like something that's gonna blow them away as they're reading the resume. Uh, if you if you told me like I affected or I like efficiently or effectively like uh, managed deadlines and met them you know, weekly or monthly, then that makes me think, okay, like this person, I assume that you can manage your time well if you're meeting deadlines, but it also shows me that you're gonna get the job done like when it's due. So I think that's like a good way, a good comparison of how you wanna describe the skills to them, whoever's reading the resume. Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta be able to describe what you're doing effectively, because I mean, interviews, they're only, you know, generally about an hour. Sometimes you get two hours and the first hour is like touring around or, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of seeing what they do. But mm -hmm. this, that hour you're sitting down talking to somebody have to be effective with your time. You yeah. know, they don't have all day. They, they probably have multiple applicants. They have a job themselves that they have to do. And mm -hmm. if you're taking up too much of their time explaining nothing, yeah. they're going to just be like, all right, we're done here. The more they can read on your resume and have a better understanding of your skills, the easier the interview will be. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're kind of generic, it's gonna be a very tough interview because they're gonna pry and dig to try and highlight what you should have highlighted on your resume. Yeah, and and they're going to use the resume as a a, a stepping stone to lead the conversations. Um, and so if you if you know your resume stands out, you know you have specific skills that make you stand out, it'll lead where you're going. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, your resume will almost make or break an interview. Yeah. To, an, to an extent yeah i mean obviously as much as you talk and you know how good finesse or, exactly yeah as, as much of a as as good of an interviewer you could be you know your resume could make or break it mm. um because you know it could get passed along to higher ups you know their managers and their managers like this person's resume is crap like i don't want it get out yeah. get it out of here yeah i don't want this guy speaking of throwing the resume out key key things spelling mistakes mm -hmm. uh typos um miss margins like all for example if all of your bullet points are on one line in word obviously like an invisible line but like a margin and you have one that's out it's gonna be very noticeable to the eye so yep. that's like okay this person didn't take enough time to you know fix that i don't want to say easy error um but you know like a easily caught one then they're gonna just pass it along because it's like he didn't fix it Yep. Yeah, no, to that point, I think the once you're done writing your resume, get it checked, get it checked, get it checked. Mm -hmm. like, and and I'm, when I say get it checked three times, I mean get it checked three times. Like, I, I go to a friend, go to a professor, go to your career center, mm -hmm. have them just grill you on it, you know, mark it up with, with whatever intent they need to and, yeah. and, you know, go back and fix it. Your resume, not only is it going to be a document that's forever growing, you know, for the rest of your career, but your first resume, you know, it's a template for you for, you know, for your future. You want to make it the biggest and best thing out there. So the criticism that you'll get will only make it better. 
Yeah. You know, they're not going to give you criticism or they're not going to like praise you. Yeah, they're not going to praise you on something unless it is, you know, the biggest and baddest thing out there, which I hate to break it to you, that won't happen your first round. Yeah. It's not going to happen in your third round either. No, no. It, it, it probably won't ever happen. You just got you got to make it to the best you can. Yeah. I've definitely been frustrated when I like, you know, think I make a fire resume and mm-hmm. people check it out and I'm like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, it's salty in the beginning, but then, you know, you come to realize like, a lot of the recommendations that you're talking about like should be changed so i think yeah. don't get discouraged just keep keep up with you know like you're saying like the review points things that should be updated yeah and don't be afraid to ask somebody who's been there and done that for help yeah. um I, I think help is help is much needed in anything you do um it's just being afraid to ask is what makes it difficult yeah. i think it's it's help is an easy thing to get it's just be, how you, how you go about getting it and if you go about getting it I think uh, you know some other ways people can help, and I'm I'm not a big fan personally of this. I think uh, we kind of talked about being mm-hmm. proficient in like a common thing like Microsoft Office. So like if you can't you know structure a resume in Word and like reach out to your career center, reach out to your friends, reach out to you know maybe people on LinkedIn who you've connected with before that know you professionally. Um, between all that, if you can't come up with like a decent resume. Um, there are resume options out there where you can pay for the service to get it done. Um, like I said, I'm not a big fan of that, but I know, you know, people do that and not only like professional services, but also people with more experience, maybe, uh, some recruiters do it or just like individual people that actually do resumes. Um, that could be a big help too. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know it's it's a process to build your resume you know you got to start somewhere and eventually you'll hit the end goal um and you'll 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 kill that interview you'll you'll get a job it's it's the process and how hard you work to get there is is ultimately what will help you succeed um so i guess wrapping it up with with building a resume start start small you know work with a like a rough draft get a template that you can you find to be fit fitting for your industry um, use a friend, use online, whatever you got to do to get that template, build your outline rough draft, and then start typing away, you know, get it, get it formatted and looking the way you want it to and start handing it out to friends and professors, parents, um, uh, uh, what's it called? The place that career you, center? career center, <laughs> go to the career center and get, you know, get all the tools you can. Um, and then know what's on it. I think that's the best way to to end it is just know what's on your resume. Yeah. So, you got anything else you want to add? Yeah, I just <laughs> I just thought about it right now. Uh, two big things that you might get misconstrued. Uh, one, don't put references on your resume. Oh no. Uh, you know, once they're looking at your resume and they're considering you for the job, then they'll reach out for references. Um, and then the second, uh, not all, but some jobs require a cover letter. Uh, maybe we could do that in a different podcast, but yeah. Just make sure you're reading through uh, the job description carefully, not only customizing a resume to the position, but knowing all the documents that you need to submit. Yeah. You don't want to half submit something because then... You're immediately out. You're immediately out. <laughs> like no this, this person couldn't follow the directions on the website. They missed you know, the cover letter. Maybe they do want a sheet of references, so like you missed that. So, And just, even e- there's sometimes where it gives you an option. Like If you want to do a re- cover letter, you can. Do it. Yeah. Because then it's it shows hurt. that you're lazy. It's, if not you, you know, it's not going to hurt, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, but we we'll touch on the cover letters in, in a future episode for sure. Um, I think those are important important points to uh, to mention. 
But um, make sure you give us a follow on Instagram at University and Beyond. Uh, follow for all the content. Um, and and take, take a peek back at some previous podcasts if you missed them. Um, put out some pretty useful information about um, getting to know professors. And, and at the end of the day, your professors will help you with resumes. So why not get to know them now? Um, but yeah, give us give us a fo- or go ahead and check out our Instagram. Uh, give us a follow, and you know if you have any questions um, about building a resume or you know want somebody to look at it, uh, feel free to reach out, and we'd be happy to uh, help out.